Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's 833-804-0910. Call AWOD. Give me your thoughts on the commanders against the Bills. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Still to come on this show today, I'll give you my pick for our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool, my lock of the week. Yesterday, I gave out AWOD Certified Game of the Week, guaranteeing football fans around the country will enjoy this game no matter if your team is playing or not. And I actually am picking the Bills against the Commanders as my Certified Game of the Week for Week 3. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a a must-watch television. And the Commanders are coming off a week in which I think you could argue they had the best game of the weekend. The fact that uh, Denver went down the field and nearly tied the game with a Hail Mary and then a missed two-point conversion. Locked that in as the game of the week last week. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's my buddy Linnell Willingham. What's going on, Linnell? Oh, nothing much, Awad. You Just listening to you stir it up per usual. Well, I, I had to bring you on today because um, me and Michael Phillips took a shot at you and uh, Chris Russell at 12-15. I'm not sure oh, that you, you guys. Be on the mic. I'm not sure that you and Chris Russell, and I love Chris Russell. I, I, I in fact, I'm going to tell you this right now. I love you. I support you. I like Chris Russell more than you. All right. I've known him longer. I support Big Sexy and everything he does on the radio. I want him to survive on the radio forever. All right, and always be doing content. I don't think you guys understand what two and football is supposed to sound like on the radio. All right, this team is 2-0 and for the first time since 2011. You were probably in diapers in 2011. So you don't understand what 2-0 and radio is supposed to sound like. I listened to an hour and a half of your show yesterday. Great programming, Team 980, available on the Odyssey app. It sounded like a conversation for an 0-2 football team. Do you realize this team has yet to lose? Yes, I do realize that, but it was a hot-button topic that was brought up by the Rooster, and I thought we settled it. Are you saying that the temperament and tone sounded like an 0-2 football team? I mean, Christopher, I, I wish you could pull a clip. These guys were he was screaming, screaming at, at each the other. Time. They were heated, and the conversation was at decibel levels plus 30 for a conversation about if Eric Bieniemy or Sam Howell is more important to this team. Hey, in newsflash, they're both important because the team is 2-0, baby, and I'm picking us to go 3-0. They both are important. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But you know it as well as I do. It's not only the offense that Eric Bieniemy has changed. I feel like he's changed the entire culture of the football team down to their day-to-day operations and how many practice reps they're taking, the treatment, the, the offensive install period. There's just so many philosophical changes that EB is responsible for that it's hard for me, while I love Sam Howe, it's hard for me to go off the top rope and say he's more important. I, my point is that that's not 2-0 radio. You know, that's a heated debate about a team that's struggling, arguing who's more important. It is this, 2-0 radio because they're important because our offense doesn't stink anymore. We scored 35 points. I know, but why are you forcing? Why are you forcing the fan base? Why are you forcing the fan base to pick sides when we all want to love everyone? We want to hug and kiss every guy on this roster, including Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera. I've never said nicer things about Ron Rivera than I did this week because the team is two and zero. That's my point. We're undefeated, baby, and I don't see a loss on our schedule right now because Buffalo's overrated. 
Buffalo 110% overrated. Did you happen to stumble upon the bet that I have with the old rooster? Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't hear about that. So I would love to do it. I don't don't have a program in which I'm going to do it on yet, but I've gone out on a limb, Adam, and said if Washington loses on Sunday by more than seven, is the caveat I have, I will jump through a table Bills Mafia style. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Linnell. Hey, Ryan Clary called. He wants his bet back. <laughs> you know, I had a feeling. Are you even wearing sleeves? I had a feeling you had something up your sleeve, but you're not a sleeve guy. No, 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 no. I'm here in my T-shirt. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm doing an easygoing, relaxed program about a 2-0 football team. I'm not the rooster screaming at Linnell that, that Sam Howell is more important than Eric Bieniemy. This team is 2-0. We need to be hyping like, them up. You understand that there is a right answer to that question. Yeah, yeah the right answer right. is let's save that argument for after a loss. <laughs> for after a loss. According to you. But will we have the chance? <laughs> I, I, honestly, honestly speaking, though, Adam, it's my turn to ask you a question, right? Yeah. If they win Sunday, I think we'll be the talk of the National Football League. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we win on Sunday, they're going to be talking about the Washington Commanders as an NFC title game t- t- contender. They're going to be talking about the honestly. Washington Commanders as a team that can compete for the NFC East title. I think this is the point of the season when Dallas starts crumbling and Dallas starts falling apart. And we just saw that. They lost their uh, big factor on defense for them for the season. Yep. This is a division that has not had a back-to-back champion for 20 years. So take the Eagles, cross them out. They're not going to win yep. it. If Washington goes 3-0... and not only will you hear them be the topic of conversation around the country, I'll make a pledge right now. If Washington wins on Sunday, I'll be purchasing a Sam Howell jersey. I will be buying wow. a slinging Sammy Howell, a Sammy Sosa yeah. jersey. Yes. Here we go. Yeah. So, so first of all, got to get the details on this. When we win Sunday, is yeah. it the black Sam Howell jersey? Is it the burgundy? Is it the white? You know what? It's going to be the cheapest one. But, Linnell, this is what 2-0 radio is supposed to sound like. All right? Not you and the rooster trying to eat each other's heads off. My goodness. It's actually insanity because he's looking at me right now like, what the hell am I yelling about? We're talking about you, big fella. Yeah, I know. That's actually insane, though, yeah. man. Stylistically speaking, though, the reason I've been so high on Washington this week, Adam, I don't want to compare us to the New York Jets, but I'm going to for the sake of this argument. Mm-hmm. Stylistically, right, you would agree that Washington and New York are built very similarly, right? The strength of the team is your defensive front. The Jets obviously have a superstar corner in Sauce Gardner, but we got a pretty good corner ourselves in Kendall Fuller. I I look at the way Buffalo has struggled against the Jets the last two seasons, and I say, why can't Washington do that? Because I feel like we are better on offense. I would take Sam Howe over Zach Wilson. If you tapped into my guy Damon Amendolara this week, he had an amazing segment on that. I just feel like I keep using this word as my buzzword for the week. Stylistically, we yeah. match up with Buffalo, and I think we're going to spank them. Well, I just really do feel that way. I think I, I, I think it's going to I think it's going to be a very close game in which Washington wins late with a field goal, a back and forth game, wait, wait, a high on, scoring hold on, Adam, game. Hold on, Adam. yeah. You're, you think they're going to win with a field goal? Yeah. The battery is my number one concern right now. I don't know what the hell is going on with the cheese. I don't know what Joey Sly guy's got going on. But can hey, we make 
50 plus yard field goals at him. Hey, see, that's a, that's another that's another thing I'm trying to teach you, young Linnell. We don't talk about the cheese. We don't cut the cheese until it's a loss. All right? He has not been the reason that this team has lost a game. You know why? Because they haven't lost a game. Even though his snaps have been terrible. All right? And Joey Slides, uh, what has he missed? Three field goals already in this young season? We're not even, we're not even going to mention that until a loss. Until then, we're going to talk about how every kickoff has gone out the end zone because Joey Slides got big legs and bigger biceps. <laughs> well, look, if they ever have an injury at the linebacker position, you don't even need to go to the waiver wire. Just go right to your special teams unit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Linnell, I appreciate you joining the show today. What did you guys get uh, get into on B-Mitch and Finley? We got into a lot. You know, it's hard trying to tame a pit bull for four hours, Adam. I know you can probably relate to it. It was just – it was really good radio. We got to talk to Thurman Thomas, a Hall of Fame running back for the Buffalo Bills, to give his spin – on what we can expect from Bill's Mafia this weekend. Mm. You know how we do it on Fridays on B-Mitch and Finley. Ask B-Mitch Anything was probably my favorite yeah. segment of the show today. Mm. Adam, hearing Brian Mitchell's stories, even though he is a pit bull, like I said, he's one of the greatest kick returners of all time. And I'm trying to, along with you, I know, and others have done this. we got to get our guy in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. Every time I work with B-Mitch, Adam, it's the first thing that I think, how the hell – is this guy not in the hall? Hey, look, we love B. Mitch in Richmond, too. I was at the Squirrels game, and in Parney's Pub, the CEO of the Squirrels, he has an autographed photo of B. Mitch hanging there, and and I was standing next to it after the game, and I was like, yeah, we love B. Mitch in Richmond. <laughs> yes, we. first of all, shout out the AWOD Army, too, coming to your defense the other day via social media. If you would have thrown up the bat signal, I would have been right there for you, too, buddy. <laughs> well, I appreciate you Come taking on. the time to join the show today. Hey, last thing I want to leave you with here is yes, we sir. went behind enemy lines, or should I say be enemy lines yesterday, and had <laughs> Sneaky Joe it. Sports from Buffalo on the show. He said the key to the game is Buffalo's number two corner against Jahan Dotson. Dotson can win that matchup. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. We probably assume that Tredavious White is going to follow Terry McLaurin. Yep. So that leaves Jahan in a favorable matchup. I'll leave you with a key as well, Adam. I gave this earlier on B. Mitchell Finley. Remember the one issue, or the major issue that we had with Buffalo back in 2021. It's going to be about the front four maintaining their gap integrity and rushing with discipline. We know how dangerous Josh Allen is when he escapes the pocket. Number one quarterback rating in the NFL this season when he escapes the pocket. If Washington can keep him contained, I think they'll be able to win. That's Linnell Willingham. Follow him on social media at Nell underscore BTP. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. See you soon, bro. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So look, Stubb, I don't usually pat myself on the back here and say, oh yeah, I'm the greatest radio host in the history of the planet. No, no, no. I never say anything like that. All right? I'm a humble guy. But I will say, I said all offseason, I hate the three rookie quarterbacks that are going to start in the NFL this season. And I'm talking about Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young. And it's not that I hate these guys. It's that I hate how analysts around the country talked about them like they were the next coming of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And I said, no, 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 no. If you watched college football, the best quarterback last year was Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner who's from the DMV, all right, who was at Oklahoma and then went to USC and was a stud. And I'd say the second best quarterback last year was Drake May at UNC, and he's had a good start to this season. 
I did not believe in Bryce Young. The, the tiny little twig punk from Alabama. You're playing at Alabama behind the best offensive line and defensive line in the country, and you can't win a national championship? When was the last time Alabama had a really good quarterback? Then you look at C.J. Stroud. Oh, another Ohio State quarterback. Yeah, that'll be great, just like Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins and all the other busts out of Ohio State. And then we look at Anthony Richardson. Now, he was an interesting product of Florida because he's super athletic. But we just found out that the Colts ruled out Rich Anthony Richardson this weekend against the Ravens due to injury. The Panthers quarterback, Bryce Young, out to one, one to two weeks due to an injury. And C.J. Stroud has been awful through the first few weeks of the NFL season. I am here to say that I predicted that all three of the starting rookie quarterbacks would not win eight games and would be below 500. I believe that's going to happen. You can lock that in. And so I want to give credit to the guys that have been attacking these quarterbacks, the sack leaders, the pass rushers around the National Football League. Every Friday at 2.15, we honor those fellas on All Out Blitz. This is the All Out Blitz on AWOD Radio. Throughout the NFL season, we track the sack leaders, the game changers, the unstoppable. Who will be the NFL's best pass rusher this season? Find out on the All Out Blitz. So we're through two weeks of the NFL season, plus a Thursday night football game in which the Niners beat up on Daniel Jones and the Giants. But your sack leader so far, Danielle Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings. Tied for first, though, T.J. Watt, and he was a stud against the Cleveland Browns. And I want to give him a big shout-out because it wasn't a sack that won that game, but it was T.J. Watt picking up another a teammate sack fumble, recovering that, and running it into the end zone. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin deserve a ton of credit because they won that game with defensive touchdowns. How many of them? Two of them. They said that Deshaun Watson's not going to beat us. They're not going to beat us here. And they pinned him deep, and they pinned him deep. And after another fumble, they recovered the fumble, return it to the house for a touchdown. T.J. Watt, all-out blitz. Number three on the list of sack leaders... How about Montez Sweat? Three sacks on this young season. And the best thing about those sacks is they've gone for 20 yards in losses. You know, when Montez Sweat gets a sack, it's when the quarterback is at their peak of their drop back and they're at the, uh, the most yards behind the line of scrimmage. He also has three tackles for loss. He has lived in the backfield through, ten, uh, through two games with six solo tackles. Um, and nine tackles total in this young season. His opponent this weekend, Josh Allen. Nope, not the Buffalo Bills quarterback, but Jacksonville's linebacker, Josh Allen, is tied for third as well. He has three sacks for the Jags. And then we've got to talk about Micah Parsons, who just has three sacks, but what he's doing is something that's never been done at his position. The scariest thing about Micah Parsons is it feels like the third-year pro is getting better and better. He is, even when he doesn't get a sack, he leads the NFL in pressures with eight, and these are quick pressures too. Um, it's been unbelievable watching him play. Here's a stat for you. Average peak pressure probability, 51%. He's forced two turnovers from pressure, extending his lead. 
to 11 since entering the NFL in 2021. NFL.com has Micah Parsons ranked as the best pass rusher right now in this young season. Nick Bosa. Now, Nick Bosa is outside of my top 10 list here because I don't count um, his week three performance yet. But San Francisco's stud pass rusher has eight pressures and is averaging the fastest pass rush get off through two games of a season. It's taking 0.7 seconds. Less than one second for him to get off of his block and get into the backfield and force a quarterback to make a quick throw. That is so impressive. He took over the game last night, it felt like, uh, getting into the backfield and forcing Danny Dimes into mistakes. Third on NFL.com's list of best pass rushers so far this season, Miles Garrett. And look, he only has one sack, and though that's why he didn't make into my top five, but he has a ton of quarterback pressures. And Garrett's speed has already taken center stage this season. His .61 second average get off through two games is the fastest among all players with at least 25 pass rush uh, attempts. And you've got to give the Browns credit. They brought in Sidarius Smith this offseason, and him and Miles Garrett have teamed up to be a really formidable pass rush duo, and they are wreaking havoc in opposing fields uh, opposing teams' backfields. Next up, Hassan Reddick. And, and he has really been great. He contributed seven pa- uh, pressures already, four of which occurred in under two and a half seconds. And that's why I have always loved Hassan Reddick since he entered the league with the Arizona Cardinals. It, it's similar to Micah Parsons, where he's an undersized defensive end, but it's his speed that makes him so good at getting after the quarterback. He's not the best at um, stop, stopping the run, stopping the rush attack and running backs because of his slender body. But his speed makes it so he can really pressure. On third and longs, watch out for Hassan Reddick getting around the corner. Here are the quarterbacks who have been sacked most in the National Football League through two games. Russell Wilson has taken nine sacks. Justin Fields, I mentioned it, I'm out on the Chicago Bears, and Justin Fields has regressed this year. He's taken 10 sacks. Daniel Jones uh, took 10 sacks through the first two games. I didn't see how many sacks he took last night. uh, C.J. Stroud, the leader, though, with 11 sacks through just two games. Sam Howell has taken 10 sacks, but he's also been blitzed 22 times. And he's gotten away from some of those pressures, so I want to give him a lot of credit for that. And he's also ran the ball successfully through the first two games. Here are the teams that have taken, that have had the most time in the pocket. When we're talking about all-out blitz and the pass rushers, well, we do want to give some credit to the offensive lines. How about the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings that has given Kirk Cousins plenty of time in the backfield? Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is always going to be on this list. Indianapolis Colts. With Richardson's ability to run. The LA Rams, that's a reason that they've gotten off to a, a, a decent start this season. Stafford's had time in the pocket. The Jets gave Zach Wilson time in the pocket through two weeks. And the Denver Broncos. I find it interesting the Broncos are on this list here. So I guess Russell has had time in the pocket. He just hasn't been that accurate with his throws. And he's only been able to connect on one deep ball throughout the start of this season. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I'll give you my official prediction for the Commanders game and my Survivor Pool Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool lock of the weekend. That's coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Developing story here locally. Weather update. Yunkin declares state of emergency ahead of a storm. Governor Glenn Yunkin has declared a state of emergency in advance of a storm headed here uh, right now. Tropical storm conditions are expected along portions of the southeast and mid-Atlantic U.S. coast within tropical storm warning areas today into Saturday night. And so that's why we've had some uh, difficulties with our phone lines if you're trying to reach us at 833-804-0910. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from Who's Talking that can be heard every Monday right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, it's Frank Maloney. What's going on, Frank? Hey, great great to be joining you, Adam. Uh, it's going to be a crazy weather weekend, isn't it? Absolutely. Do we know who the starting quarterback will be for UVA tonight? Yes. It is. Which of the Tonys is it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's Calandria. Um, Musket, Musket still has uh, a lot of soreness in his left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And as he rotates through the throw, uh, it just, it's, you know, he's grimacing. So yeah. the, the coaches and the medical staff could do the right thing. I, you know, we could be fooled. I mean, he, Musket could scream bloody murder, and maybe they'd put him in. But um, I think Calandria, um, you know, this is another opportunity for him to build his um, experience base and give him the opportunity to, to prove that he's ultimately going to be the, the quarterback for UVA. I, I've seen enough to, to tell you. I, I think Calandria is more talented as a quarterback than Tony Musket, and I get Tony Elliott doesn't want to – you know, give Musket's job away while he's injured. But, the, you know, the future of the program seems to be in good hands with Calandria. I want to see what he's got throughout the rest of this season. Well, um, you're not going to get an argument from me. I I, I knew uh, really in the first 20 minutes of the JMU game that Virginia had found. Hey, hey Frank, I'll even give you credit. You told me all off season that you really liked this young kid. Well, only from the standpoint of he seemed to have um, the way he carried himself, the way in which he practiced, the way in which he finished um, skeletal drills, the way in which, you know, he spoke to his teammates. He seemed like a quarterback, you know, and, and he, he's pretty fast. And the one thing I noticed is, you know, you know in a 40-yard dash, he beats Tony Musket by 10 yards. <laughs> Frank, how do you uh, think? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's that's my thought. How do you think Brennan Armstrong is feeling about his return to UVA? You know, I think uh, Brennan Armstrong has mixed feelings. Uh, you know, he loved he loved playing at UVA. He loved uh, everything about his time in Charlottesville, other than last fall when the coaching staff tried to convert him from a, a read option. Uh, scrambling quarterback into a pro-style quarterback. And let's face it, that's not his gig. Frank Maloney with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. It is UVA against NC State tonight, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, available here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. And uh, one thing that I, I, I think that most UVA fans should be pleased about is 
the play of Anthony Calandra, but also the ability to kind of dump it off to running backs like Kobe Pace and Paris Jones and let them take it the distance. I, I mean, the, the passes to the running backs have been impressive. Well, you know, we knew this team going in uh, had had some excellent skilled players. Uh, I think there was a lot of focus. Would Malachi Fields be as good as everyone thought he was going to be? And that's proven to be a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, was Malik Washington, the transfer from Northwestern, was he going to be as effective for Virginia as they thought? He, that's a yes. Um, the tight ends have been a um, for lack of a better word, um, confusing to me. I mean, it's they're they're good receivers, but for whatever reason, Calandria hasn't figured out that his tight ends really could be his uh, safety valve. Um, but the running backs, all of them have contributed. They've all scored. Uh, they've all showed a determination to to really make things happen and. Now that the Virginia offensive line seems to be settling down a little bit with Stevens at center, I feel like Virginia, um, they might, rest of the season, they might finally start playing the way everyone hoped they would. How do you think this game is going to play out? I'm looking at NC State's box score here, and Brennan Armstrong is throwing it a ton. I mean, against Notre Dame, 47 pass attempts. They blow out VMI. He still throws the ball 32 times, threw it a ton in their first game. It feels like they're going to let Brandon Armstrong step back and try to beat UVA downfield. And UVA, I think they want to try to establish the run early. Well, I I think Virginia would like to, but let's face it, the offensive line for Virginia is not um, cohesive enough yet. I think there's talent in the O-line. But, you know, they've only been playing together in games for a few weeks. Uh, and we know offensive lines are built over years, right? Mm-hmm. And so, to be fair to those guys, uh, the coaching staff can talk about a run game. But let's face it, Calandria is, is uh, you know, he's a gunslinger. He's ready to go. And uh, I think you've got to take advantage of the wide receivers and the running backs, you know, in the formations. And if you'll just start – throwing a few to the tight ends and make the linebackers stay in the middle of the field, I think he can have even more success. But, uh, I, you know, maybe they can maybe they can establish a passing game and then full state with, you know, a running attack. Like, you know, use the pass, set the run, um, which is not normally what you would do, but that's, I think that's what this team has to do. And let's face it, State has a good front seven particularly their D-line. So I don't see Virginia doing but so much damage in the trenches there. Um, Maybe they can catch them off guard. You never know. College football is a strange game, you know? Yep, and And it's tonight uh, on ESPN at Scott Stadium, 7.30 is your kickoff. The line is NC State minus 8.5. Are you backing the Hoos, Frank? uh, Always, but, um, (laughs) you know, I've told people last, Last week on here, I watched the entire NC State game uh, against CMI, and I saw quite a bit of one of the other games they played. Um, you know, they don't – their wide receivers don't scare me. Um, they they have one running back that can really play, and I he's number – I want to say 24 maybe. I, he, he showed me something, but, um, you know, Brennan Armstrong is a runner. I mean, he, he's perfectly capable of, of racking up 100 yards and 
a couple of running touchdowns. He, Brandon Armstrong is a dangerous read option quarterback. And uh, I worry about this defense with so many guys injured. I mean, Ben Smiley is out for this game with a concussion uh, at defensive end. We've got um, – we're still waiting um, – for Tico Bennett to get healthy, he had the knee issue that had to be surgically repaired yeah. with you know the floating bone chips. Um, Cam Butler is the only pass rusher right now uh, of any that's effective at all. Um, we have Antonio Clary had to have ankle surgery, and you know Sanker is back by himself back there at safety, trying to teach the other safety what to do. Um, we need some. We need more from Green, who transferred from Clemson uh, at cornerback. We need him to step up. And it, uh, he seems to be lost. He, I think he played a lot of nickel for Clemson. Um, I, the, the secondary concerns me. They're just they – haven't, they haven't gotten comfortable, and maybe it's because of the injuries, you know? Yeah. Frank, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. What do you got coming up on Who's Talking this Monday? All right, Monday we have a great show. We've got Charles McDaniel, the legendary linebacker uh, who set all kinds of tackling records for Virginia. we got Mike Mullins, who was an outstanding blocker back in the days for George Welsh. Um, Mike Mullins is, is a down-to-earth guy and will give us some insights. Um, obviously, Dr. Boyd Rawls will give us the ortho-Virginia injury report, and that will be extensively covered this week, uh, I, I must say, looking at the schedule this week, uh, the big game is Florida State at Clemson. Yeah, Florida State is number four. Clemson is unranked for the first time in, in what, like eight, nine years? Yeah. Um, if Clemson is going to do what we thought Clemson was going to do, they have to win this game. So I'm, uh, I'm telling everybody to watch that game. And the other game that's kind of interesting to me is Alabama – is traveling to Oxford, Mississippi to play Ole Miss. Yeah. And Ole Miss is number 15 in the nation, Alabama's 13. To me, that is a very interesting football game. Yeah. I mean, Alabama hasn't looked like a usual Alabama team. I, I wouldn't be you know shocked if they lost that game. Frank, thanks for joining the show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Listen, you have a great weekend, buddy. Yeah, you too. Talk to you again next week. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on a football Friday. Just after 2.45 here in Richmond, Virginia. It's September 22nd. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. And I've mentioned it throughout the show. We are doing an NFL survivor pool here at Odyssey Richmond. And every Friday at 2.45, we recap the previous week. And I will give my official play for the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. After week two, the big boss, Bennett, eliminated. Rebecca Wild, eliminated. And Zach McHugh, eliminated. Now, the voice of God, Zach McHugh, is with us right now. The program director here at 910 The Fan. And so... We've been having a fun, a lot of fun with this Odyssey Survivor. Yeah, pool. now I know I'm on. Yeah, I'm closing out the week. Well, great. So I lost. You have been eliminated. Right, I'm out. You're out. 
Do you have any interest in buying back in? It's $5. No, I told you. I'm out. Okay. That's I'm a little out. disappointing. We played the in and out game. I'm out. <laughs> Zach, I'd like to try what? to convince you to get back into the cyber. No, you know why? Pool. Because I was 100 on the Lions. You were. And you made fun of me. You gave me your <laughs> mocking laugh and mocking I face. I literally laughed at you on air. Yeah. <laughs> I saw. I can't get it out of my mind. I said, what is he? Why is he making fun like that? Like, it's one thing to laugh, but he's like, give me the mocking face, too. And I'm like, what the hell? I was 100 on the Giants at home. Golf on fire. Guy loves playing at home. No chance. Seattle, uh, blind side out, and then right tackle out. I thought for sure. Now, here's the thing. You were eliminated in overtime. You know, that's like, it came down to a fire-making challenge. It was was interesting. You and I and uh, Phillips were were We're texting. Yeah, we're getting some eyeballs. I want to convince you to get back into this survivor pool because the plan for this game was to get everyone involved. To do an Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool, you know, get Carrie involved, get Tiffany, get Melissa, get all the salespeople involved, and everyone's talking about it. And that's happened. Now the goal is to keep everyone entertained and keep them listening throughout the season. And you can't be eliminated well, and not got, buy back in. You, you're still in. I'm still that's in. entertaining. You're talking about it. There's still other people involved. They picked the Bills and the Cowboys. Easy. Christopher, I bought back in with him. I can live vicariously through Christopher. Well, this, is, this is Stubb. That's not oh, Christopher. Oh, Stubb. No, my bad. Stubb, no. What's up, Stubb? Um, so That's great. I think you need to buy back in because <laughs> Carrie is never Stubb. going to live this down. <laughs> Carrie is going to never let you live this well, down. Kudos to you. This is the kind of stuff Carrie loves. Yeah. And it's great. It's great. Uh, hashtag culture. Yeah. Right? Hashtag culture. Community. Yeah. Good Good on you. Good work. Yeah. But I'm out. Christopher, let's let's stub. Let's try to convince him a little more here. Look, so look, here, I, I I bailed him out after week one. I want yeah. to keep him involved. Yeah. This is back when I was still excited yes. about Survivor. Here's here's why you should and join I, back in. I bought him back in. You so have, I'll just be with him now. You have only used the Commanders and the Detroit Lions. The board is wide open for you to select the biggest winners. You could go with the Chiefs. I mean, there's a, a lock this week. There are so many locks on the board. It would be stupid of you to not get back in when the pot is over two hundred dollars now. You don't want an extra two, two. I'm out, man. Two hundred. I'm out. This is nonsense. Oh. I didn't know the pot was two hundred. Oh yeah, that's it's a little juicy. <laughs> and it's winner take all, right? And it's winner take all. Second place. Well, then I'm rooting for Christopher. He and I will we'll get together. And did you already make your pick? I've not made my pick yet. I'm going to. And, yeah. and if I win the whole pool, I'm I'm giving you your five back. Zach. Oh, just oh, five. Really? Plus okay. five more. Plus you, five oh, wait, more. Five. All right. If you win the two hundred dollars, are you going to tip the show host? Because you would not it, participate if it wasn't for me. You know, I'm not saying I should. You should tip me, but I will tell you this: if you go to MGM and you win a thousand dollars, you better tip the dealer. You better because they're not going to let you out the building if you don't tip the dealer. You're going to turn Christopher. Uh, sorry, you're going to turn Stub into a degenerate. I am. Oh, oh no! You banned a promo code AWOD. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to get me sports betting. <laughs> okay, okay. But, Smart boy. But I'll think about tipping you. Okay. You know, I'll keep that in mind. No, All no right. promises. All right. Zach, I, I'll promise back. He's giving me two hundred percent. One hundred. Yeah, two hundred percent. Maybe, maybe you could buy me back in. I don't know. No, Ooh. I'm out. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Can I? Could I buy you back in? Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. I could no, send you I'll, a five dollar Venmo. I'm keeping everything right? if I win. I'm out. Never mind. No, 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 no. I'm out. No, no, no. You the in and out game. I'm out. You can be back. The show has gone off the rails. I thought I was going to be able to easily convince him. This guy loves to spend money. You can't pay him to get in. Every day for lunch. Get that turkey wrap, son. It's great. Oh, ruffles are so good too. Uh, all right, hold on, hold on. I got, I got an idea to get all you right. back in. I got an idea to get you back in. Forty-five-year-old Tom Brady 
had this to say about how he gets himself fired up every single week and how he keeps himself with a competitive advantage at this old age. How old are you? I'm 46. You're right in the same age. Yeah. Listen to Tom Brady. See if he gets you back in. Yeah. Roll the clip. For me, anger was good. Anger was good because it was motivating. The more I could create an enemy, the more I wanted to go out and kill those guys. Now, I knew I wasn't going to kill them physically. This is speaking engagement? if I could just... What did they say? You know, and what did they look like? Did they disrespect me at all? He's putting his teeth together. I disrespected you when I laughed at you. You sure you don't want back in? If I ever see that face again, I swear to God. (laughs) I'm in! Yes! He's back in! I'm in! He's back in. I'm pissed. Cue the NFL Survivor Pool music. And Christopher... You are on the clock. The I will say this, the most selected franchise this week in week three, five people have selected the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that that's me too. Really? I was going to oh. go with Jaguars. I, I heard MP on the mic talking about it with you yesterday, yeah. and the way he talks, he sounds like a smart guy. <laughs> And I and I have Plus to trade. Yeah, he's a newspaper guy, and yeah. so I I had to trust him when he was talking about picking the Jaguars. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with MP on the mic. Is it when when he used the word colloquial? It was when he used colloquial. Yeah. No, it's, it's parochial. Oh, is it? Pro- oh, yeah. I, I spelled. I said. I even it's, said it it's wrong. colloquial, but he used parochial. Yeah, parochial. Yeah. He. Used I don't it? like typing in front of uh, MP. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. It makes me nervous. Me, me I get neither. stage fright. <laughs> no one, no one using words like that can All be right, wrong. All right, so the Jacksonville Jaguars are one and one this season. They are at home facing off against a lousy Houston Texans team. I think that's a decent pick. Yeah, it, the spread they're like number three, like the th- third high spread. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. So. All right, the pick is in. Zach McHugh, the now voice of is, God, you're back is, in. Whoever knew that God had such a tedious voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is kind of cool too because we get to see what everybody else's picks are, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people going with against your boys. No, no, not really? one person has selected the Buffalo Bills. Wow. There have been three Cowboys selections, three Chiefs selections, uh, five Jags, a Seahawks, and a Ravens. <sighs> Let's see, and I'm out. Commanders and uh, and Lions. Lions. <laughs> here, here. You know what? I'll go first. Give you an extra time here to look look at. Oh, no, you close it out because this is your lock. I'll, I'll go Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. He's taking the Chiefs. Who are the Chiefs playing? Chicago Bears, right? Bears. Yep. All right. So, I think you look at the slate for this weekend, and there's one game that jumps out. I mean, it is screaming. Pick me! Pick me! There's no way I lose. I'm a guaranteed winner. Lock of the week. I'm talking about the most impressive offense through two weeks. 715 yards passing, four touchdowns. A wide receiver with 255 yards receiving against a lousy Denver Broncos team. Give me the Miami Dolphins as my lock of the week. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.